Hi everyone, and welcome to the Product Marketing Life Podcast, brought to you by the Product Marketing Alliance. My name is Marcus Heaney, Product Marketing Manager at Voices. As part of this series, we're connecting with PMMs all over the world about various product marketing topics. This week's episode is brought to you by AppCues. Have you ever launched a new feature that went unused? Waited days or weeks to get that user data you requested? You're not alone. That's why product marketers around the world are calling AppCues their new favorite product marketing tool. AppCues empowers product marketers to measure and improve product adoption without a developer. Brands like Amplitude, Privy, Fullstory, and Lyft use AppCues to track feature usage and engage users with in-app onboarding tours, feature announcements, and surveys. No quota required. Visit AppCues.com to start your free trial today. Today's guest is Sarah Spink, Director of Portfolio Marketing at IQVIA Global Technology Solutions. Sarah possesses over a decade of leadership experience at hypergrowth startups, prestigious global Fortune 500 companies, and everything in between. Beyond her role as a leader, Sarah also cares deeply about giving back and improving diversity and inclusion at work as an active member of the Race, Ethnicity, and Cultural Heritage Employee Resource Group, as well as through her involvement in Women for Women International. Now, some of you may have heard of IQVIA before. With over 70,000 employees and operations in more than 100 countries, IQVIA is the leading global provider of advanced analytics, technology solutions, and clinical research services to the life sciences industry. IQVIA creates intelligent connections across all aspects of healthcare through its analytics, transformative technology, big data resources, and extensive domain expertise. All right, with that out of the way, let's get into it. Hey, Sarah, how's it going? It's going good. How's it going, Mark? Great, thanks. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, right on. So, uh, you know, as we chat, I got a couple of questions for you. We'll just get right into it. Let's do it. So first one's an easy one. Can you just tell uh, myself and our listeners a little bit more about what you do at IQVIA as a director of portfolio marketing? Yeah, sure. So I own global product marketing responsibilities for 10 data and analytics products across two portfolios that bring in around $370 million in revenue for the IQVIA Technologies Group. And these portfolios include products such as master data management, data warehousing, and next best action that are built exclusively for the life sciences industry. And it really helps them bring together multiple sources of data to deliver what we call connected intelligence, which is essentially actionable insights that help these companies make faster, more precise decisions. And my job as a product marketer is to really help these companies understand how they can use IQVIA technologies to build a strong foundation for data and analytics. So this will help them commercialize their drugs effectively and reach the right doctors and patients at the right time so they can diagnose diseases earlier. And a day in my life involves defining go-to-market strategies, developing product positioning and messaging, narrative design, and working on content. And a big part of my role also involves coordinating with regional business units to make sure that we present a unified front and maintain consistency in our messaging across markets. Very cool. That sounds like a very technical uh, start to that explanation that you made it very, very easy to digest. So thank you for that. I'm sure <laughs> our listeners will appreciate that because, you know, when you talk about, you know, these very technical based companies with these really complex solutions, I think as product marketers, the challenge is often to, you know, be required to break that down into simple terms. And I think, you know, even in just your answer to that question, I think you did exactly that, where you talk about, you know, providing your customers with, with these solutions to more quickly diagnose their patients and come to those probably positive uh, patient outcomes faster um, with, with the help of IQVIA. So that, that's great. Exactly. Right on. 
So, you know, in, in preparation for our chat, I obviously like to look up our guests on LinkedIn and just do a little bit of uh, sleuthing, as it were. And I noticed in your LinkedIn bio, you mentioned, you know, in order to bounce out of work, a bed in the morning, uh, your work has to have meaning and make a difference. So how do you find the work you do at IQVIA gives you that kind of uh, energy? Right. That's a great question. Now, I'm actually reading Simon Sinek's book, Start With the Why, nowadays. A little late to the game. I know that's been around for a while, but I think IQVIA is one of those companies that's really clear on why they exist, which makes it a really inspiring place to work. Um, especially during the pandemic, IQVIA really helped these pharma companies, you know, make the fast shift to digital and also to help them bring uh, vaccines to market. So it's really meaningful to know that our work extends and improves patient lives. Even though my contributions as a product marketer indirectly benefit the industry, it's still pretty fulfilling and motivating to know that, you know, I can play a small part in advancing human health. And that's my why and what gets me out of bed in the morning. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I can't imagine how that must feel knowing that, like you said, even indirectly, the work that you're doing helped, you know, us get through this significantly challenging part of, I think, everyone's lives right now and, and into this pandemic and getting vaccines to market. So as someone who was fortunate enough to get their own first dose of the vaccine just recently, I thank you for, for any help you would have contributed to that role <laughs> for you and all your colleagues, because it's definitely something that I know um, the world needs right now and getting those vaccines out is critical to, to kind of moving on with our lives as best we can. So thank you for that. Right. So uh, my next question here, um, you know, just looking a little bit more about your type title because portfolio marketing, you know, is a term that I've heard before, but I don't personally know a ton about it. And obviously product marketing and portfolio marketing are really closely related, but also two different things. Can you help our listeners and, and myself really understand what some of those differences and relationships are between the two roles? Yeah, sure. And I'm still learning about portfolio marketing as well. This is my first role as a portfolio marketer. But the way I understand it is that to do portfolio marketing effectively, it's really about coordinating marketing activities across products in three main ways. So the first one is really looking at messaging. So the messaging for each of the products in your portfolio need to tie into the overarching narrative of the portfolio. And then the portfolio narrative needs to tie into the overall company positioning. So that in itself is a, you know, a full-time job. So that involves like really making sure your messaging aligns with the overall narrative of the company. And then you also need to look at, you know, personas. A common issue that portfolio marketers run into is really touching the same target audience with different product messages. So that makes the whole buying experience a little disjointed and confusing. So to do portfolio marketing well, I think it's really important to segment your audience and really see what products they already have. And that would help you figure out, you know, cross-sell and upsell opportunities across products in the portfolio. And you may even discover cross-sell opportunities across portfolios. So in my case, you know, I support the data management portfolio. It's actually called information management and the performance management and insights portfolio, which, you know, has analytics products. So really there's a, a good tie-in between the information management and analytics products. So, you know, that just goes to say that you can definitely find those cross-sell opportunities between portfolios. And lastly, looking at campaign activities for each product, you really need to make sure that they align with the overall vision of the portfolio and the business goals. So there, I think there's with portfolio marketing, there's just a lot more coordination that's required when you're developing campaigns to make sure, you know, you're, you're presenting kind of a cohesive experience that, that makes sense to the buyer. Wow. Yeah. It sounds like there's obviously a ton going on at any given moment, which I'm sure uh, poses its own unique challenges. So, you know, obviously I, uh, Ahuvia operates in a lot of markets internationally and, and based on some of the things that you were mentioning earlier, 
do you find it a struggle to ensure things like that, you know, that those campaigns and that messaging is consistent across all the product lines and across various markets? Do you have ownership of that or is that managed kind of globally and kind of coordinated at um, an international level? Yeah, there are many different stakeholders and players involved and it's extremely tough um, because as you can imagine, IQ is a huge company and, you know, these products, they, you know, have multi-million dollars in revenue. So it's extremely difficult to, one, make sure the messaging aligns and then also just having that high level view of all the different marketing activities going on between products um, and portfolios. So just having, being able to get that high level overview and that bird's eye view, I think is pretty difficult. But I think at IQVIA, we're starting to figure that out where we've got some really nice um, spreadsheets and different tools that we're using to give not only ourselves like peace of mind that this is how our campaigns are going to go, but also to help our executives um, understand what's going on at the portfolio level. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny to hear you talk about managing all that through through spreadsheets it's kind of reassuring to know that even a company a company the size of IQVIA is just using the tools available to them to get the job done even if it's something as simple as a spreadsheet i know often as as product marketers we look at all the different tools out there and resources we can leverage and really sometimes just something as quick and simple as a spreadsheet gets the job done even if you're dealing across you know hundreds of different locations and multiple campaigns in different countries so that's that's fascinating to hear so thanks for sharing that little tidbit Right, exactly. <laughs> Try to keep things simple around here. Exactly, exactly. Well, when you've got so much else going on, I guess you don't really have time to make everything else complicated. Just stick right. to what works. So I just want to hop back real quick to your LinkedIn profile because there was another line that's, that really stood out to me. And you mentioned this concept of influencing without formal authority. And I think as product marketers, that's something that we're tasked with doing a lot, You know, oftentimes without even realizing we're doing it as it's happening. Can you tell me a little bit about how you developed that skill and how you've had to leverage it in your current or past roles? Right. So influencing without formal authority is probably one of the most important aspects of a product marketer's job, as you know. Uh, it's a highly cross-functional role. We interface with different teams across the organization, such as sales, product management, customer success, and the rest of the marketing team. So I think there's two main things um, that I think I focus on when I was thinking of, like, how do I develop this skill? And really, the one is relationship building, you know. Um, of course, that's extremely important to get to know your stakeholders' pain points, you know, what gets them out of bed every day, their goals, um, and also to get, the, get to know them on a personal level. Uh, but the second main thing is really, obviously, you know, communication skills and really adapting your communication skills to each stakeholder. And I think a common example that other product marketers can relate to is really uh, how to work with product management. So, uh, you know, uh, you need to, when you want to, you know, submit a feature to go on the product roadmap, you're not just going to go in there and ask them to put it on there. You need to do a lot of research, understand the customer's use case, um, you know, what they hope to achieve, how it benefits their business, and how this feature would also benefit a group of customers. So what I'm saying is that when you go to, you know, ask for a feature on a product roadmap, it's really about, um, you know, presenting the information in a way that it resonates with the product manager. And likewise, when you think of a different audience, such as the C-suite, um, you know, I've had to present to, you know, the CEO in the past. Uh, so in order to give like a weekly update on a new product that we were launching, you know, I intentionally kept it very high level, talked about the business impact, you know, the uh, the different um, activities that are underway, but still keeping it at a high level. So really, I'm trying to say that, you know, adapt your communication style to each um, uh, persona that you're speaking to. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's great that you mentioned that. And I actually even like how you just said the persona of the audience you're communicating with, because I think as product marketers, we're often so focused on, okay, what's our, what's our um, customer persona? Who are we talking to? But at the same time, like you said, you know, we're interacting with a lot of internal stakeholders and, you know, it's funny, sometimes we can get caught up in those, you know, relationships internally that we kind of lose sight of. We're experts in that relationship piece for our customers. Why wouldn't we bring that same level of expertise and knowledge to our internal relationships to get some of those, like you said, whether it's product features on the roadmap or even just another initiatives off the ground. So I like that perspective. It's not one that I've heard kind of twist, turned in that way. So but thanks for sharing that. I'm sure some of our listeners will kind of reapproach some of those conversations and just think, what's my product manager persona and how can I best speak to them? I think that's a really interesting insight that you just shared. Right. And I think product marketers are often so busy. We just think about how we're going to communicate externally, but obviously getting that buy-in internally and communicating what we're doing uh, internally uh, is just so incredibly important. And I think, you know, product marketers have that skill set. It's just a matter of uh, doing that work internally as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of just flipping the switch and making sure you're kind of always on in those conversations. Right. Awesome. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit here and focus a little bit more about you know, product marketing in the life sciences space. And, you know, obviously throughout the course of the show, we've had a number of product marketers across a variety of industries, some really well-known like gaming and others a little bit more niche. And Obviously, the life sciences industry is, is not a niche one. It's it's global. It's it's massive, but it's not one you typically look at and think, oh, there's a, an immediate need for product marketing in that industry specifically or at organizations within that space. Um, what role does product marketing typically play at a life sciences organization? Right. So it's actually really interesting. I think product marketing's role at a life sciences organization is pretty similar to what it would be at a traditional tech company. And I think uh, what is a uh, maybe something that I didn't understand before I came into life sciences is that usually when we think of a life sciences organization, we think of, you know, drug development and discovery and getting that to market. Uh, but, you know, in most life sciences companies nowadays, they've got, you know, a whole technology department. So I think that is kind of a, an interesting way to look at it, that really you're still doing tech marketing, but it's just for a different vertical. So, um, and then, you know, essentially your responsibilities are very similar. So you're defining the overarching narrative of your portfolio, the messaging and positioning of each of your products, you know, creating content, running customer advisory board meetings and developing campaigns. So I think one thing that's um, especially important for product marketers in life sciences is that you, I've, what I've learned and figured out is that it's just as important for us to be um, well-versed in the product as the product manager or solution engineer. So if you're in an analyst briefing and the presenter is not able to make it, you really need to be able to jump in and share your perspective on how the portfolio or product solves the need. So yeah, I think you just really need to know your stuff inside out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and thanks for sharing that because I think you know, we'll, you'll see jobs posted for product marketing roles in these industries that you wouldn't think, hmm, I, I didn't really think that industry would even need a product marketing manager. And it's, I think it's reassuring for a lot of our listeners who are either maybe in the process of looking for new opportunities or looking for their first opportunity to, you know, consider and explore opportunities in those industries where you might not necessarily think uh, a product marketer would normally find themselves. Because it sounds like based on what you're saying, that even if the vertical is, let's say, a non-traditional or, or non, what, you're, what your mind would first jump to for product marketing, the role itself and responsibilities are still pretty consistent. Um, it, it's less so about the, the vertical in which you operate and more the function and the expectations of the role that, that really kind of define what you're going to be asked to do. Right, exactly. Very cool. 
so yeah, in, in the building to our conversation, you know, you had mentioned life science as being the next hottest space for product marketers. Can you help our listeners understand why you think that's the case? Yes, I think life sciences is definitely one of the hottest places for product marketers right now. And I think the biggest reason why is that life sciences as an industry had to adapt faster than probably any other industry during COVID. So they had to quickly adopt virtual ways of engaging with doctors, you know, equipping their reps with the technology to reach out to these doctors. So I think, um, you know, what historically the life sciences industry has been considered as digital laggards. But I don't think that's the case anymore because they've really accelerated their digital transformation. And they're starting to realize that, you know, in order for them to make the most out of the data that they have, they they need data management tools and they need to be able to analyze this data quickly so they can respond to market changes um, and also to get, you know, reach out to doctors and patients at the right time so they can diagnose uh, rare diseases faster. So it's really a matter of harnessing your data, you know, creating fast analytics and then making decisions. That- I think you're right when you say historically life sciences is seen as technology laggards. Cause it's funny you say that because you wouldn't think so, right? Like, like you started our conversation with saying that a lot of people assume that the life sciences industry is just about, you know, drug development, which obviously requires a lot of technology, right? Obviously there's foundational scientific skills that are needed to, to make those things happen, but you still have to leverage technology to make those things happen faster. And I, you know, I remember growing up a big conversation in Canada and a lot of hesitance in the life sciences and healthcare space around digitizing patient information. And you think about something that's so simple today is like, well, why wouldn't we do that? Why wouldn't we make that information that much more accessible to the people who need to have access to it to get faster, um, positive outcomes for our patients? So, you know, I I think you're right is, is product marketers. We often are the people who are, you know, the first people to bang the drum of technology, right? Like that's kind of our wheelhouse. We are all about the tech, making it accessible to our customers so I think you're absolutely right. You know, if product marketing needs to be the vanguard for that transition, I think we are probably the best equipped group of people to do exactly that. Exactly. It's like you work in life sciences already. <laughs> uh, I, I've, uh, in preparation for our conversation, I did a little bit of research. So that helps, uh, that helps uh, make it that much uh, easier to understand, at least, at least for me anyway. Nice. Um, so you know, around this topic of, again, being a product marketer in the life sciences space, are there any specific skills you feel that a product marketer may need to possess to be successful in life sciences that they might not necessarily consider or need in other industries? Right. So one of the specific skills I can think of off the top of my head is influencer marketing. So it's gaining attraction in the tech industry, but it's still not really a widely used channel, especially in the life sciences industry. So there's many different life sciences technologies, uh, technologists that can help advocate for your product, but it really requires taking a critical eye to determine the right influencer for your product. So that's something I'm definitely learning about nowadays and exploring as a potential option for our marketing promotion activities. That's fascinating to hear you say that because I I think when you hear the word influencer marketing, I think people's first met, like line of thought is, oh, like YouTubers and TikTok influencers right. and you know Instagram influencers, like not something you necessarily associate it with life sciences. Um, so, what kind of influencers are you like looking to partner with? Are these other healthcare professionals or these other kind of thought leaders in this space? What is that? What does a typical life sciences influencer look like? If if you can describe one. Right. So I'm still learning about this, uh, this space. Um, but I'm thinking like, you know, even looking at um, Forrester and IDC and Gartner and looking at those analysts and the type of research that they put out, 
um, you know, really collaborating with them on webinars and maybe white papers. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of companies do briefings and, and get their input on messaging and positioning as well. But I think the analysts are a great resource to tap into that can really act as influencers as well. Uh, it's interesting to hear you say analyst because, yeah, like I said, that's not immediately where my mind jump. But when you explain it and you kind of lay it out like that, it makes total sense. Like, why wouldn't you want someone who is an expert in that field or in that area, either speaking on behalf or promoting you or representing you or partnering with you and your product or your services um, to better resonate with those audiences? I think that makes perfect sense. But just again, like one of those things that when you when you said that, I kind of just like, whoa, I would not have expected that answer. So, so that was interesting. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> So just a couple more questions here. Um, you know, throughout your career, you've obviously had the chance to work with a variety of leaders across a couple of different orgs during your time in life sciences. You know, and of course, you yourself are a prominent leader in the space. Uh, what would you say are some of the product marketing best practices that either you've developed or that you've gleaned from other leaders in the life sciences field? Right. So many best practices. Where do I begin? But I think the biggest one that I think I've developed over the years is creating a golden marketing document, which essentially, you know, anytime I start a new job and, or I have to support a new uh, product, uh, you know, like any product marketer, I do a lot of research. So anything and everything you could possibly learn about the product, you can put into this golden marketing messaging document. And this document is really just meant to be for yourself. So anytime you're writing content, you can refer to it, or you just need to refresh yourself before you go into an analyst briefing, you know, it's really helpful for those purposes. It's not necessarily for sharing with other people. Um, but I think it's a it's a great just, uh, you know, bank of content that you can like look into when you're when you're um, doing different content creation activities. Um, another best practice is really especially in the life sciences industry, it's important to make sure somebody else reviews your work. Um, and, you know, you know, in life sciences, you know, you're putting out your brand and any little thing that is incorrect can just reflect so poorly on your brand and who knows, bring your stock price down. So right. I think it's just really important to make sure that you you have someone review your work. And Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like you would think, arguably to the most precise group types of people are, you know, scientists and doctors and engineers. So I think you're absolutely right. You know, if you know your customers and your audiences are very detail oriented and they're very much about the facts, the second you say something that, you know, in the context of product marketing or marketing in general sounds really good on paper or on, on a web page or in an ad copy, but your customer reads that and thinks, oh, I'm going to call BS on that. Like that's not, that's not accurate or that's misleading in a way. You instantly lose credibility. Um, so yeah, I think you're absolutely right for product marketers, either in life sciences or in industries where attention to detail and being factual is of critical importance to your customers. You have to make sure that you're reviewing it. Almost like a scientific paper would get peer reviewed, right? You almost have to approach it like that level of, of um of analysis and, and really critical thinking to ensure you're not going to put something out there. Like you said, that's going to get you in trouble or worst case, maybe even affect your stock price, stock price as you said. All <laughs> right. Right on. Uh, so Sarah, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate, you know, some of your insights and thoughts so far. Um, I got uh, my last question, which I ask all of our guests, uh, what advice or tips would you have for people looking to get into or build their career in product marketing? 
Right. So my biggest advice would definitely be get a membership for Product Marketing Alliance, (laughs) you know, take advantage of their templates, you know, all the great videos that they put out and especially the certifications. Um, I know that uh, Product Marketing Alliance is coming out with the Product Marketing Leadership course, which I can't wait to take. So that's definitely on my list. So I would say continuously invest in your learning and growth. Um, That's a, a big one. And then also, Um, you know, definitely network. I mean, build your brand, get to know people. And just by interacting with different like-minded product marketers in our community, you're just going to learn so much. And who knows, you know, it might open a door for you down the the line, or you may be able to help one of uh, your peers out um, by with um, a a job at your company. Um, But definitely invest in nurturing your network. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I think Product Marketing Alliance, not to turn this into uh, just a giant plug for them, but you know they've, they've invested so heavily in creating this community of, like you said, like-minded product marketing managers and product marketers. And they've, you know, invested a lot of time and effort in developing these resources. And I know, you know, they're about to start pre-orders for some new courses that are coming out as part of that leadership kind of track, as you said it. And yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Leveraging that and also, you know, weaving some of those certifications or those experiences into building your own personal brand, I think can only take your product marketing career to that next level, which, um, you know, which I know a lot of us in product marketing are always looking for the next best thing. And, and I think those two pieces of advice you just shared are, are critical to that kind of a success and achievement. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. And uh, this has been super great. Yeah, it's been great having you on, Sarah. Thanks so much for your, like I said, sharing your insights and kind of giving us an inside look into what it's like to be a product marketing manager, or sorry, portfolio manager, I should say, in uh, the life sciences space. So thanks so much. Um, if any of our listeners want to learn more about getting into life sciences or product marketer, or just you know product marketing and life sciences space in general, uh, how can they get in touch with you? So yeah, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm under Sarah Spink and you can message me or send me a connection request and I'd be happy to connect with you. Awesome. Thanks so much. I'm sure some of our listeners will be doing that right after listening. So uh, again, thank you so much for your time, sir. This has been great. I really appreciate you sharing your insights with us uh, today. Awesome. Thank you, Mark. For everyone still tuned in, thanks so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please help us spread the word to other product marketers. Before we leave you to get on with your day, if you want to get involved, here are a few ways you can. If you're a product marketer, and you want to come on the show and speak about your day, a specific topic, or your role in general, that's one option. If you want to flex your podcast hosting skills, being a guest host is another. And finally, if you or your company want to sponsor an episode, there's a third. Thanks again and have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are.